Hello, welcome to another podcast episode on Cold Stories. The name of my guest is Michael. He is a back-end engineer currently working here in Berlin. He studied electronic and electrical engineering in Nigeria, but his passion for technology, especially software engineering, was greater. We're going to talk about Michael's journey into tech, how he moved from Nigeria to Germany. We're going to talk about the state of software engineering, software development in Nigeria. Michael is also going to give us some insight into his work as a back-end engineer. He's going to give some advice and suggestions for those of you who want to dive into this field. Let's roll the podcast. Michael, hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having uh, me. It's a huge, huge pleasure. You are welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, the weather is pretty hot today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, so uh, you're working from home, right? I guess. Yes, still working from home. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, um, how have your experience been since uh, the whole pandemic thing started? And after you, yeah, working from home for such a long time, has it had any effect on you or positive, negative? Right. It's It's been a mix of both. Um, on one hand, I get to walk without the um delays you know commuting from home to the office every day so i just wake up and get to work and then the um, negative part of that is the fact that i get at times i overwork so at some point it got really stressful um also i began to miss human interaction right i began to miss the part where we would actually i could sit with make with a colleague with a teammate right and collaborate on something um i miss that part a bit but it, it's a bittersweet experience actually hmm. <laughs> yeah, same thing for me too. It's uh, at the beginning it was a really hard to like focus and not to think about the the virus, think mm -hmm, about yeah. the what's going on out there, but after like three weeks uh, everything became like normal. Mm. Yeah, so um uh let's talk about uh your background. Okay. So uh you want to introduce yourself? Yes. My name is Michael Okuboyejo. I am a software engineer living and working here in Berlin, Germany. I was born in Lagos, Lagos, Nigeria. So Lagos is um, a really populous and popular part of Nigeria in West Africa. I studied electrical and electronics engineering at university called Obafemi Awolowo University, Ileife. I, <clears throat> I mean, and that's pretty much where my, um, oh, well, like a pretty interesting part of where my tech you know, story began. I studied electrical engineering, as I said, and um, I had a lot of interest basically in technology even beforehand, but I didn't quite know what technology entailed. I didn't quite know what made up all the, you know, popular softwares back then and games and viruses and soft and websites. I didn't understand what it was. So I wasn't really exposed, right? But it was at, it was in Udin that I got really exposed and um and pretty much my software engineering career began there um that, that's pretty much that's pretty much it i moved to berlin about two almost two years ago now and i've been working with a company called hellofresh i work as a back-end engineer which basically means i build maintain um web services rest apis all the stuff that happens behind the scenes for yeah. for, for applications mm -hmm. right and um, yeah that's that's pretty much it great and how have you uh have your time been in germany working in germany uh, yeah also also a mix of different things of course on one hand you know you're far away from a lot of people you know 
On the other hand, it's also a good opportunity to be part of the global stage. Mm. Um, it's also been a good experience for me in the sense that I got to meet a lot, a lot more people. Um, I've built a number of interesting memories and gotten a number of interesting experiences so far. Yeah, it's it's been it's been great all, all together, all together great. It's been interesting. I think interesting is the word that captures it okay. really well. Pretty interesting. Great. Uh, so uh, let's talk about your um, tech journey. Uh, so were you always into tech, or there was it a time where you um, decided to pursue this this road or take this road of uh, software development? Right. Um, so like I said, I set out to study electrical engineering i and what one of the things that really got me in there in the first place was the fact that i used to watch on tv i really loved robotics and sci-fi movies so i felt you know what is the best way to fulfill this um desire this passion if you call it and i that just simply seemed to be the cause for me so i got in however like i mentioned you know i didn't really know anything so of course i was good with my studies i was good at math and physics and all that but actually turning all that theoretical knowledge into something to solve a problem wasn't something i was used to at all so i remember in my first year i um joined an organization called IEEE. IEEE is um, Institute for Electrical and Electronics Engineers. It's a worldwide organization. Um, pretty, it's, it's pretty, pretty big. And they are behind a lot of the standards in computing and even in technology at large. And they had student branches. So I joined the student branch on campus then. I remember my first time attending a, 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 a general, you know, we called it then, we called it general assemblies. So I remember the first time I attended a meetup then and you know the speaker came and was talking about viruses and networking and security and i kept i just asking questions what is a virus what is a program and <laughs> and i remember quite vividly you know the, the 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 speaker then said look he just pointed me to the head of the organization and said look this guy has too many questions <laughs> just deal with him afterwards and that was where i met um that was pretty much where it began, you know, the questions, the drive to know more mm. and, and all. So it was from there I built relationships and got opportunities to really, really um, learn to learn, of course, and also teach others. It was it was a mix of everything for me, really. And, and that was where it started. So mm. I started learning how to write code in my first year, the break between first and second year. I started out with Java. Um, interesting choice for my first language and I remember it took me a long time to get um, to get hello world to work so I got a laptop I got a laptop my uncle got me a laptop a just my first like I said first break between first and second year and I got this book from the person I met that was the head of the organization then he was in his fifth year it was my first year you know he I got this book called Delta Delta you know how to program in Java it, it's a huge book and um yeah pretty much started up then second year uh second year the, there's a break between second year and third year and in engineering schools in in nigeria we have this scheme where from second year third year fourth year you know you take up you take apart some time to gain industrial experience so for second year you stay back on campus for a month or so, or so about a month i think you know um you work on projects basically the idea is just to bridge the gap between theoretical knowledge and actual you know problem solving skills so my second year actually i joined i attended a, a boot camp on campus it was um a software engineering boot camp 
and I, we, I along with a number of other students and colleagues, you know, we learned how to program in Java ME. That was the um, the OS then that used to run on those popular Nokia phones then. So we we learned how to build Java ME apps, and then Android was just becoming a thing then. So um, we also built Android applications, and I learned a bit of PHP then, and. Fast forward to, uh, to third year, you know, my break in between third year and fourth year also, you know, um, worked with a lecturer, you know, he, he was, you know, he wanted to build, he was really passionate about electronics and even from the way he taught, you know, he was one of those lecturers that really, really did cool stuff. So I worked with him and then I worked on some, you know, some microelectronics for him and, and all. Then fourth year, I went, my fourth year, I my fourth, fourth year, the, the plan is that for engineering students, your the whole part of your second semester, you spend outside. Okay, can I interrupt? So, the, your are you talking about the boot camp, or are you, uh, you you've already done the boot camp? Or yeah, I done boot done camp. boot camp. Okay, because I was like kind of lost because I was thinking oh, my bad, fourth my bad. year in the boot camp. Yeah. So like no, no, what? No, no, no. So the boot camp <laughs> ended. So the boot camp was uh, I think for about four weeks. Okay, that right was four in weeks the second year. Okay, so it was a four four weeks. Then um, started out with basics in Java, knowing how to do some basic data structures mm. and algorithms in Java. Then moved on to um java ME apps for mm. one week then we did android just okay. a little bit yeah of so after the boot camp you still then uh went to college for uh, computer science no 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 so i studied electrical engineering yeah also. yeah i got that yeah okay because you were talking about uh in in electrical electrical engineering you don't do software development right no we do not you do not okay we we do not actually uh however there is a branch of electrical engineering called digital electronics and mm. um part of one of the things we also do is we also deal, did a lot with um, microcomputers, microcontrollers, mm. microcomputers. So mm. we had all these chips and you were meant to burn code onto. Mm. So these chips, uh, you were basically, we, the idea was you would write in C or sometimes even in C++, right? You had programmers, you actually had devices called programmers, right? That would take the code you write on your computer and burn it onto a chip a micro a microchip and a microchip will do pretty much anything all this automation projects and all so that was part of what we did um so i talking about now i remember the fact that you know in school then i was doing a lot of software engineering and however i was in school to study electrical engineering so there was this dilemma right what's how do I reconcile what I was passionate about with what I was learning? So cool stuff for me was the fact that I, um, around around that time, you know, we began to, there was the influx of, you know, Arduinos and, and Raspberry Pis. So I just thought, thought it was really cool that I could write an Android application that would communicate with, you know, with a device via Bluetooth, you know, I could write an Android application or a web application that would communicate with another device over the internet. Mm. Right. And, and so I, I got my hands on, on cool stuff like that. Um, then that was like third year and fourth year, of course, you know, I went for my, you know, the whole of, like I was saying, you know, the whole of second semester and fourth year in engineering school in most schools in most engineering schools in Nigeria, you spend the whole of second year in the industry. Right, so it's called industrial attachment. So instead of going to like a power plant or a fabrication company, you know, I thought, right, I would go to a software engineering company called Terragon Group. Then, so I joined them and I did a lot, a lot of interesting stuff for them. Then, um, that pretty much was it. Hmm, I great. I 
forgot to mention the part that you know the, the part that meetups and relationships played yeah you know so so it's all it all started uh, in a meetup right so talking about meetups uh, how is the the current uh, or maybe during your time maybe you cannot say much about now uh, so during your time in uh, nigeria how was the current state of software development because right now i have been seeing a lot of positive right. uh, news from uh, nigeria um people are getting into coding getting to software development there are boot camps yeah. there are meetups uh, conferences and it's just uh, let's say booming yeah. and it's uh, it's great so how was it in your time was it also like that or yes it, it was like, mm. yes it was in fact the way the best way to describe it is it has always been meetups have always been kind of like this ripple effect right so someone gets introduced to something someone is doing something cool he talks about it some way it sparks the interest of 10 15 other people right they continue it and then it, the thing keeps mm -hmm. going on and on and on and the reach spreads far 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 across so yeah it was it was pretty much that i remember right we had these general assemblies and then we would not only focus on software engineering and we would focus on other parts of technology we talk talk about communication artificial intelligence and all that right but we would just basically talk about the idea was just you know we'll come talk about try to practice some things you know after school instead of going home many of us would stay back you know sleep in the laboratories just churning out code working on personal <laughs> projects you were sleeping in the, yeah. in the labs <laughs> yeah, in the were you allowed to do that in some yes some yes some yeah somewhere i mean by sleeping in the lab of course walking there overnight okay you know and sleeping early in the morning there you know it was it was it was looking back of course i wouldn't want to do that <laughs> i love the comfort of my bed but, but looking back at it now it was just out of passion you know okay sure we're just really passionate about what we're doing and i know you know so like i said the ripple effect relationships also really did help mm. i remember we had this thing in school then called nitripoe then called ipoe extreme and it was a hackathon where it was a yearly hackathon worldwide where um for 24 hours you get you know um com computer programming problems so basically you have to solve problems and basically you know we we do using platforms like hackerank i think hackerank mostly and all of that interview street at some point i think the interview street was one of the first platforms we used um basically so you get programming problems and then you could submit solutions in either java or whatever languages people mostly java c sharp and python then and it was it was a fun experience because for 24 hours people would write code some would sleep off would take coffee it was basically just for most of us then it was the those were the times that actually built and, and formed us you know and and also we had opportunities to also give back i remember in my fifth year for example when i was almost about leaving school i also had the opportunity to team up with a few friends of mine and organize a similar boot camp that also helped kickstart and um kickstart and also contributing a way to the passion and um tech direction some people were already taking so mm. yeah it was it's pretty much that that's one thing we can't take right. away from you know nigerian experience that's why if you most you know um nigerian developers somehow know one another from somewhere right so mm. i remember i saw this guy in co-creation hub once mm. i remember this guy and i attended something then you know because it was meetups is one thing that we we can't really take away from 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 the boom like you mentioned i think another thing that's also really really helping is the fact that we're having a lot of more successful startups um coming up you know so 
I mean, I will always respect the likes of the Pestaks, Conga, Kudi, you know, folks that were able to solve local problems, right? Hire talent. And that's the thing about engineering, right? You hire talent, you give talent enough problems, enough motivation, right? And then talent definitely will increase in in experience in skills and skill level and all that and that's mm. i mean those, those are two things i really 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 look back mm. and i'm really thankful for yeah great those meetups the hackathons the relationships and of course what the startups are doing mm, great right. so uh while uh branching to software development were you facing any um, difficulties or was everything always did everything always made sense to you and you were just Costing. like sliding <laughs> sliding through different programming language and no, it wasn't. through different concepts <laughs> of course i mean the way i looking that's the thing about looking at things in retrospect right it seems um like it was all fun but actually thinking through it it wasn't all fun it was a mix of a lot of stuff it was a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. also a lot of learning experiences um, I remember, you know, not ha- having to find ways to get, you know, not having the best computers around, not having the, not having power at times or having electricity, mm. you know, things like that I take for granted now, you know, internet access, for example, that, okay. you know, I didn't have that so much then, but it's, yeah, that, that's actually one thing. Of course, programming itself can be pretty hard, especially when you, um, when you are not taught in school, mm. right? If you are taught in school it's hard it's hard already if you're taught in school right but if you are if you actually are not taught at all right then you have to pick it up on your own yes it's really hard and uh, which uh learning uh resources were you guys uh using in nigeria were you having like a book was it books or were you having like uh, video materials mm. uh, anything that uh, was helping you to I can speak of I can speak for myself. I know a lot of other people. I know a lot of other developers that started at different times. Different stuff works for them. Um, for me, I started out with a book, and a huge part of the book didn't make much sense. But the fact that I always had people, you know, to, to move, reach out uh, move to, closer to the microphone. Yeah, and exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like I was saying, I can speak for myself. A lot of other people had, you know, different. Um, resources they used for me i used books a lot of what i read didn't make much sense but i had a lot of people around that was able to always paying and and reach out to is it okay if i mention names um i sure i think if there's no problem with that if you yeah, i mean <laughs> yeah i mean it's people, no news yeah, people in nigeria or people who are people in tech, yeah people in tech yeah who right. helped yeah. so i remember i had the likes of um Shagun Famisa, you know, Shayo Lade, Giokpe, Fagoimbo, mm. you know, uh, people like that who always so reach out those to Those names me. doesn't uh, tell me anything, so. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know them. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. So, so those, those are people who are very well known in the tech industry in Nigeria. I don't know if they're, to me, they're well known to me. I okay. don't know if for right. others. So, but, okay. but for me, yeah, they were like. Um, huge, huge addition on campus. Then I remember there was also an initiative. Another thing we also had going well for us in in OAU then was you also had alumni that had a lot of experience mm-hmm. that found ways to pay it forward. So they found found ways to give back, and that's that's really one thing I can't stress enough. So, um, for example, there was an initiative then called iCube, found started by someone you know he 
someone he used to work um, for Nokia. He was in the US. So he found ways to mentor people, right? And um, that really did. So it was, it's like, like I said, it's like a ripple effect. Someone gets it, someone passes it on one way or the other, mm. right? You have also had some, you all, we had, there was also an initiative called Mentors International or Mentorship International, right? Someone also was working in Google, a, a previous student who was an alumni of, um, alumnus of the university. He, Found, use that as an opportunity to mentor people, giving them like real life projects. Hmm. And that's one of the things that fast tracked people's learnings. So um, books for me, people very much. Hmm. Um, I didn't have, like I mentioned, I didn't have so much internet access. Yeah. Like I didn't have this huge, huge this amazing internet. So I had people to reach out to. I had, I had times where I would hit my head on the wall trying to get some stuff <laughs> to work. But eventually, of course, there were people to, you know, there were people I was able to reach out to and they helped. Um, yeah, the power of a community basically it takes a it takes a village to <laughs> to raise to raise someone. <laughs> Great. And um, when did you switch to HelloFresh? So you were in Nigeria and someone called you. You got an email and someone said, "Hey, take the next flight to Germany." And let's well, uh, <laughs> it's not exactly like that, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? So I after school I worked. Um, I was one of, I think my second job after school, I worked with a company called um, almost, yeah, it wasn't even, I didn't, I had not even finished school then. So I worked with a company called um, Kudi, right? So that's one of the things I even want to still point out, which is power relationship. So the person that reached out to me was the co-founder of Kudi, was the CTO. Then he was the person I had met in school that I mentioned, you know, it was in his fifth year, it was my first year. And then he sort of helped kickstart Stuff. So he just reached out saying, hey, Michael, what's going on? What are you doing now? Like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He said, so he said he needed um, someone to help, you know, with his backend because he was writing backend for Kudid. And Kudid then was a, Kudid is a payment company. Then he was also a payment company, but they were focused on chatbots. And because he had some experience in AI, so he was building, you know, chatbots. Um, so he said he needed, to, he needed someone with the backend. And then I was still messing around with Android then. So he said, since I was writing Java, just help me look at the back end, right? And I said, okay. So I joined and that was for me like a, one of the best decisions I made basically because I had the opportunity to learn a lot. I met, I met great people and I worked on actually a lot of interesting stuff. I was able to build a lot. It was a startup like a, I mean, a startup. We didn't have, we didn't, we didn't really know our way around it for a lot of the time, but we just kept on working and churning out stuff and those are the things that just helped and it got to a point where i felt you know it was time to move on and then the company had grown and you know they were raising series a and it was just cool stuff going on and i felt look this is um i just personally felt it was time to seek out for like another like seek for another experience so i applied online basically i actually just saw the HelloFresh um career opportunity on stack overflow and i applied and um did interviews and i think fast forward yeah, my today, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much, pretty much that. And that's uh, story. when you started at uh, HelloFresh, uh, were you like uh, familiar with, uh, let's say, with the tasks they gave to you? Okay. Were you already familiar? You saw the code, saw the code base, and you were like, oh yeah, it makes everything makes sense. I can, <laughs> I can do it with ease. Or were you like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what am I doing here? Uh, you, How was it? For for for, it was a mix of both actually. Yeah. Um, so like I said, so for example, on my first, like in my, 
my first day or maybe the first week I was able to make a deployment, mm. right? Um, I was hired as a backend engineer to work on Golang and then the team I joined, mm. they were rebuilding the service in Golang. So I was able to make contribution from my first day, basically. Like from the first day I was onboarded, I was able to make contributions. However, of course, along the way, you know, I began to think, oh, wait, what am I doing here? Mm. <laughs> right, but um it's it's a mix of both really and one of the things i've learned so far is there really isn't going to i mean if you are in a place where you know all you're working on is something you can do in your sleep and it's nothing interesting or it's nothing challenging right something that makes you think and maybe you should rethink actually what you're doing um so it, it's it's good to have a mix of but it's good to see have opportunities where you can actually where you don't feel completely out of your league right mm. and it's also good to uh, find yourself in a place where you know okay I, I know i'm here because i could do this but what's required from me is a lot more than i know so i think i want to learn more mm. and i won't be willing to apply so it was yeah it was for me a mix of both oh talking about uh golang you were already learning golang in nigeria yes i was and uh how you already knew enough to to yes to, to apply to apply what you've learned in nigeria yes wow good Great. Um, so, Golang is is like for more for useful backend backend mm. task, right? As yeah. far as I know. Yeah, mostly uh, mostly for about Kubernetes <laughs> and uh, Docker's and all this stuff. This environment is mostly um, used uh, with uh, with uh, Golang, Golang. program language. So, um, is it something you would um is it the program language you, you would tell someone who wants to start programming to to start with golang or do you think since it's back-end related it's maybe a little bit too complex too sophisticated at the beginning and just start with the basic stuff first then later you can jump into golang and right so i remember in school my lecturer once said the best answer to every question is it depends <laughs> <laughs> so looking back at how i started i started with java right if i were to one of the best advice you can get actually is probably start with a simpler language a language that abstracts you know a lot of all the um low level operation you know so maybe start with something like javascript it's powerful enough for you to do cool stuff but then you can also but then also like lessen makes the barrier of entry really low so that you can lower the barrier of entry so, so that you can learn um at this point, I, I think, uh, to be honest, I don't think there is a perfect language for beginners, right? Mm. If you are willing to give it what it takes, if you learn a language that makes it uh, really simple to learn programming, eventually the things, eventually, right, you will still have to pick up all the things you missed along the way, right? It doesn't absolve you of that. You will still have to learn it at some point. So it's okay if you pick up Golang. Um, I have my preferences, however. Um, so your top three program languages? Ah, uh, okay. So I'm sorry to the Golang community if this feels like I'm betraying you. But my top three programming languages and the programming languages I would, I would, you know, advise uh, people if you want to start out to learn. Um, I think number one on my list is JavaScript. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would also recommend <laughs> JavaScript. I know people are like, yeah, you're an iOS developer. Why not? Why recommend right? Swift, right? Right. So I would always recommend and the and the only reason why i two reasons actually one it's pretty easy to learn 
Second reason also is the fact that you get to do a lot more stuff with JavaScript, right? There are a lot of a number of interesting applications for JavaScript, right? You can learn, um, you can pretty much be a full stack engineer when you learn, you know, JavaScript and you pick up the HTML and CSS. You can learn also how to build backend applications. You can learn front-end applications. You know, I know in number of teams, for example, in my company, there's a team that uses JavaScript for um, mobile applications, right? For cross-platform mobile applications and it works really well. I know there are a number of teams also that do that. So JavaScript is a really good language, right? And it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime soon. It's pretty powerful. Uh, I would also advise people to learn Python if, you know, then Python. Um, why? It's also pretty easy to learn. It's also pretty, very powerful. Uh, you can build backend applications. A lot of the, I mean, I can give names of a number of great startups that started out with um, Python. You know, Instagram, for example, built, I mean, until today, they still have a, a good part of their backend in Python, right? Using Django, the, the framework. So you can build Python app, you can build backend applications in Python. You can also build system level applications in Python. It's pretty, it's abstract some, in you know, like some basic programming um, concepts for you, right? You can also build, if you were, you know, if you are the robotics person, if you are interested in artificial intelligence and machine learning, Python is one of the go-to languages for that, um, for that part of engineering. So that, that part of computer science, basically. And then finally, I'll say learn Golang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if you feel that Golang is my number three, oh, yeah. but it's pretty cool also, pretty powerful. Um, it doesn't abstract so much. However, it's it's dynamic enough to be simple also for people to learn. So it's good to learn. I've heard people call Golang the modern C++ or the C++ of the web. Mm -hmm. You know, modern C++ in the, in the sense that they don't bore you. It doesn't bore you with so much um, um, operating system um, concepts. However, you there are some things you still need to know to get it to work anyway but but it gives you a good um it, it's i think it's one of it has a right balance however you know you basically most people use it for backend applications which is basically um microservices it's a huge huge deal for microservices mm -hmm. in my opinion it's one of the service one of those languages that is, that is ideal for a service-oriented architecture for a you know microservice architecture it's also pretty useful for operating system level uh, applications for example, Kubernetes is written in 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 um, GoLang, which you just mentioned. And Kubernetes is a huge, huge deal written in GoLang. A lot of this you can also build um, command line applications, right? Mm -hmm. Command line tools. A lot of uh, command line tools are written in GoLang also. So yeah, pretty powerful stuff. Great. Pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Thank you. And um, apart from the technical part of uh, software developer backend developer. Yeah. Uh, which kind of let's say which soft skills or which kind of mindset do you need for you to become a back-end developer i think even just even beyond back-end engineering software engineering in general one thing i think is most important and i think uh, we should really emphasize is learning how to solve problems right having the mindset of knowing how to solve problems knowing how to debug when something doesn't go the way you expect it to, knowing how to search and figure out why, how, right? Um, how, oh, it works. Why does it work? Do you know why it works? Or oh, it doesn't work. Do you know why it doesn't work, right? I think that's one thing, you know, just knowing how to solve problems, knowing how to stay on something, ask the right questions, poke around, make intelligent guesses. That, that's, that's one huge, huge thing, uh, mindset. Then going down to something that's not so technical, that's, I mean, soft skills, I will say 
um, communication is one thing that I think should be really, really emphasized. Um, I worked in a, the, the thing about, about these skills is, you know, if you miss it at some point, you will still have to learn it someday. <laughs> so I worked in a really small team at some point. I worked in a team where we didn't have, you know, so much. We weren't so agile. We didn't use many of these agile methodologies. We didn't have product managers. We didn't have product owners. So we didn't have QA. So you would write it. You would talk about it during stand-up. And then you would do it. And then we believe it's done, basically. We didn't have so much documentation. But for us, moving to a larger team, a team that had much more stuff going on, you know, uh, a team that was pretty much international, um, these things matter. You know, I remember one of the... One of my first few tasks when I joined was, you know, to improve the logs for this service, right? Make the logs more readable because you realize that it can go wrong, that things can go wrong at some point and the logs you write, documentation documentation you write will be the difference between like a lower, will be the difference between solving the problem at a faster time and spending the whole day on something, right? Helping people figure stuff out. So documentation is another thing, communication, knowing how to communicate technical concept so that you do not scare people right you don't scare people away you don't scare non-technical people you don't make them bored you don't make them sleep off while you're talking about what's going on at the same time also educating people um communication is another thing i think empathy is another thing also um it is possible for engineers to get um so caught up in their work right that they do not know how to how to communicate with people they do not know communicate with people right right they don't know how to deal with other people. So, for example, I don't know if people might be familiar with this, but then you have weird comments on your pull request. You know, some can be abusive, some can be far from objective and all that. You know, knowing how to put things right, knowing how to communicate properly to people, such whether you're not condescending and at the same time you are not, um, you are, you know, as much as people are learning. You know, knowing how to give feedback is one thing I had to learn also along the way. Knowing how to give and receive feedback. Mm -hmm. Feedback is essential for growth and all Great. that. Um, so that, those are the top ones that come to mind, basically. Great, Great points. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. And you. um, I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully someone looking, watching this, who wants to become a backend developer, have learned from this uh, podcast and uh, can also share it. Like advice and some resources if i had any ah i forgot to mention that ah, okay. but we talk about you had you said books and uh so i stumbled on i remember that i stumbled on this channel on youtube a while ago it's called mm -hmm. missing semester it's the mit folks basically that that handle it so mm -hmm. missing semester and then there's the cs50 cs50 stanford or harvard yeah um the, the missing semester anyway i've i took so they have this hour-long um videos yeah videos. yeah i have also looked into some of their videos and yeah. they're really really good really yeah. good really right good, really yeah. good i think they try to bridge the gap between um you know you know f it's like a crash course actually yeah in modern software engineering things that mm -hmm. that you don't maybe know, you do not talk about in school so i watched one over the weekend on git hmm. pretty they went like pretty well not too low level but then they also explained how it worked under the hood mm. which is something that i think is powerful yeah. All right, so that's uh, CS50. No, uh, missing missing semester and CS50. CS50. All right, so I'm going to add that also. Awesome. To the awesome. Description. Awesome. All right, do we have anything else? Um, yeah, I, I, thinking about advice. That, mm. um, speaking of ad advice, 
you know to give i think two things come to mind one of it one being that it is important to have an idea of what of of your of your purpose as an engineer basically so the only reason why you'll be hired as an engineer is to solve problems right so if it's to solve problems that will pay the salary that will keep the company running right so it's not so much about the skills even though the skills are needed and all that it's about solving problems really so at times it's possible for engineers to get caught up in our ideal world where we just want to work on laser cutting technology and all that but if the if the technology we're working on doesn't bring money to the table for the companies yeah. right and of course i'm not saying we should just be looking for money make trying to make money and all that but in the end it's about you know actually solving problems for people so um one of the things i've learned so far is at times we we, we tend to overcomplicate and overcomplicate is actually exaggeration but we tend to, we tend to complicate um solutions right if as simple as you know as weird as this may sound if google sheets is a solution to this problem let's use google sheets there's really no point <laughs> building a whole api and putting it on kubernetes for right in the end it's about finding simple solutions to problems yeah. right so that's one thing and think and uh i think the other thing is you know um the the fact that we shouldn't yeah also goes along the line of you know not emphasizing so much on the skills at the expense of soft skills at the expense of business knowledge at the expense of domain knowledge also um yeah all, all those are pretty much important and you know tech is pretty much open to everyone so it goes beyond just software engineers there are a lot of non-technical um people that you need on your team they don't try to code with you but their impacts and input is mm. you know really really valued um UI UX researchers and people, uh, product owners, product managers, project managers, and all that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it, that that. To be honest, they're the reason why we are where we are, basically. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. All right. Yeah. Thank so you very much. I'm going to add that much. to the video. Thank you. Thank you so very much. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome.